Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are back with us. Hope all is well in your world. Lots of things to talk about during the course of the broadcast today. Where I start is going to surprise some of you. Just a preview of what is ahead. You know, it's pretty scary stuff. If you are supporting a particular candidate and someone who is an expert on polls is saying, you know, you better get your act together, or you may as well quit. That is actually the message to one of the presidential candidates. We will tell you who this is and what he had to say. We've got new polling data out of South Carolina as we are days away from the South Carolina primary. The polling data is not surprising at all. Interesting case that is developing in Alabama that will have implications far beyond Alabama, especially if this case is picked up by the U.S. Supreme Court. I think we're all in agreement about babies. Well, <laughs> I was about ready to say, those of us who support life are in support of protecting babies, babies in the womb. But we've got a new issue that has developed in Alabama. What about frozen embryos? An intriguing declaration out of the Alabama Supreme Court. I want to get your opinion on this. Because this goes way, way back. <laughs> way back. It's kind of interesting, the conversations that we're having about sex and gender... Because so many of these things, I think many of us have already made the determination they're common sense. And they're not even subjects of conversation, certainly not subjects of debate for most of us. But there's an interesting study that has been put out. I mean, this is, this is hilarious that money was actually spent. I mean, I guess it's good to affirm the truth. We'll tell you about this study as it relates to male and female. Speaking of such, I saw something absolutely egregious. I follow the feed of a couple of people, and, and I've seen this on a couple of accounts, and it just absolutely blew my mind. A girls' basketball game with injuries. I mean, we've talked about the theoretical issue of the power imbalance between biological males and biological females. Well, how about a situation where you have injuries to the point where one team has to forfeit? I see lawsuit all over this. And I hope, I'm not a vengeful person, but I really do hope that there are people ready to sue the crap out of the school. It, it just blows my mind. So we will talk about this particular story, and Riley Gaines has some pretty strong words about this. We've also got more insight into these sex change operations. These are being portrayed as, you know, it's no big deal. You know, it's maybe just like fixing a broken leg or some other type of common surgery. Well, we've got someone who's blowing the lid on what is happening in that industry. And you know what this is all about, folks, when it relates to the medical field. M-O-N-E-Y. That's what it's all about. New information as well on the assassination of the Haitian president. It is absolutely mind-boggling. One of the people 
who is <laughs> now charged. I mean, this one will really blow your mind. It's really sobering. Just a preview of some of the things we'll address during the course of the broadcast today. I want to begin with the independent who has hit on, for me, the most important subject on the presidential campaign trail. Independent. Not a Republican. It's not a Democrat. It's an independent. When I played this clip, I thought to myself, oh my goodness. This person clearly does not sound like a Democrat. At all. Although this is this person's background and family background. And you know you are really going in the right direction when Steve Day says amen to every word. Steve and I agree on just about everything. I want you to listen to this clip. You tell me what you think. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I may as well say it. If this guy talks more like this, and I know talk is cheap, but it's going to require some serious consideration for this guy as a contender in 2024. I'm referring, of course, to RFK Jr. He was speaking, and I guess the venue is not surprising. I believe it's Hillsdale College. And he touches on the subject of government power. Listen to the words of RFK Jr. And I'll leave you with three thoughts. One is that any power that government takes from the people, it will never return voluntarily. Number two rule, every power that government takes, it will ultimately abuse to the, ultimate, to the maximum extent possible. And number three, nobody ever complied their way out of totalitarianism. The only thing we can do is resist. Thank you all very much. Can you believe that's RFK Jr.? Any power the government takes from the people will never return voluntarily. Every power the government takes it will ultimately be abused to the maximum extent possible. And three, nobody ever complied their way out of totalitarianism. The only thing we can do is resist. <laughs> I wonder what other, other members, surviving members of the Kennedy family are thinking when they hear RFK Jr. talking like this. I don't hear this conversation, unfortunately, on the Republican side. And the real question is, where, <laughs> I'm probably not even going to waste my time with this conversation. Where is this messaging out of the Republican Party? I think this disappeared years ago. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So I'm very curious, what do you think about the words of RFK? Do you think it's just rhetoric, just talk, to try to suck in some conservatives to get them to vote for him instead of Donald Trump? What do you think? This is a genuine conviction of his, recognizing the government power must be limited. 704-570-1110 is our number, 704 704- Five seven zero eleven ten. You know, I'm I'm a person who considers this to be really the top of the list in terms of issues. I think we can waste our time talking about all kinds of peripheral things that a few years from now are really not going to matter. The question is, are we going to leave the next generation? with a legacy of freedom or are we going to 
basically just focus on just trivial stuff. That's really the question. And it's a very, very important question. Let's talk about other interesting campaign stuff as we move along in this election year 2024. You know, pollsters, they take a lot of heat. Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong. But I will tell you this for sure. If there is a pollster who is experienced, knowledgeable, I am going to pay attention. Let me throw out a name to you, and I'm sure those of you who are political buffs, you know this name, Nate Silver. Election handicapper. The founder of 538. The Hill reports on this message he's delivering to Joe Biden. Calling on President Biden to reassure voters he's capable of running a campaign. You know, it's kind of interesting. He's president of the United States. So the question is, if he can't run a campaign, can he run the country? I think that's a fair question. And the words that he communicates are even stronger. If he does not provide this reassurance to voters. Nate Silver says Biden should step aside ahead of the August nominating convention and let the party select a new candidate. Wow, that's strong stuff. Biden needs to reassure the American public he's capable of handling public appearances that aren't on easy mode. Or he needs to stand down. Or he's probably going to lose to Trump. That's what Silver posted on X. Silver sharply criticized Biden and his team for shielding the president from the media spotlight, in particular for foregoing the Super Bowl interview. That was really a no-brainer, as we talked about. He goes on, personally, I crossed the Rubicon in November, concluding Biden should stand down if he wasn't going to be able to run a normal re-election campaign, meaning things like conduct a Super Bowl interview. Yes, it's a huge risk, and yes, Biden can still win. But he's losing now, and there's no plan to fix the problems other than hoping the polls are wrong or that voters look at the race differently when they have more time to focus on it. Silver wrote that shielding Biden from the media leads people to conclude there's something to be concerned about. He noted even the most optimistic Democrats, if you read between the lines, are really arguing that Democrats could win despite Biden and not because of him. Concerns about Biden's age have come to the forefront, especially after that recent special counsel report painting Biden as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Voters listed it as a top issue in polls. It's up there. Biden and his allies, they've criticized the report, saying special counsel Robert Hur went beyond his purview, emphasizing the report exonerates Biden in a confidential documents investigation. Silver argues the campaign better address this issue head on. You can't dance around this one. You've got to take this head on. He says, over the course of the next several weeks, Biden should do four lengthy sit-down interviews with non-friendly sources. Non-friendly doesn't mean hostile. Nonpartisan reporters with a track record of asking tough questions would work great. Wouldn't you love to see that? I would. A complete recording of the interviews should be made public. The interviews ought to include a mix of different media, television and print, and journalistic perspectives. So could I, other critics, and 75% of Americans be wrong about this? Sure. Wrong about a lot of things, but if we're wrong about this, it ought to be easy to prove it. Silver's piece comes after New York Times columnist and podcaster Ezra Klein argued Democrats should convince the president not to run again, then pick a new candidate at the convention in August. In fact, one of the things Ezra Klein is, saying is that, hey, this is the way things used to be done in the past anyway with presidential elections. And, of course, for this story, 
for the Hill. The Hill reached out to the Biden campaign, and so far, there's no response to this. See, and again, here's one of the things, and this is a strong conviction of mine. I recognize the use and the need for surrogates with a campaign. But at the end of the day, what is really necessary is for the candidate to be able to stand on his own two feet. The candidate has to be his own best spokesperson. If he needs surrogates to drive his message home and we need to keep him in a basement somewhere so he doesn't make a fool out of himself, then there's a problem. Should be able to stand on his own and, you know, and, and really spontaneously. He should be able to come out today. And I mean, do you remember that day when this special counsel report came out and those derogatory things were said about him? I mean, oh, my goodness, he ran to the microphone. But you remember what happened. He made a fool out of himself. Not only come across as an angry old man saying, get off my lawn. He also had another blooper in that news conference. So those of you and, and seriously, I know there, there are some of you out there. If you're a Biden supporter, call in. I'd love to hear from you. Do you need this reassurance? Or if you're on the fence, do you need reassurance that Biden's up for the job? Very simple question. Hey, this is a place where we have conversations with everybody. And this means even people disagree with the host. I'd very much like to hear from you if you disagree with what I've had to say about Joe Biden. I know some people have taken issue with my reference to him as Mr. Magoo. There's a fun part of this because there is an entertainment aspect to the show. At the same time, I'm also careful to highlight this man's humanity. I've said plenty of times this is a man who needs to be home and taken care of by his wife and his children and grandchildren. Has no business at the White House. That has nothing to do with politics. Just say. Love to get your thoughts as to what you think this guy needs to do if he intends to win. Because I think this is going to reach a point where people may actually make the choice for him about running just my opinion anyway it's just a matter of time as you know we are days away from the south carolina primary and nikki haley she's way behind this is not a surprise at all political says she's seeing support from moderates in south carolina what a shocker Moderate voters are the ones who like Nikki Haley. 59% of respondents who identify themselves as liberals or moderates said they'd vote for the South Carolina governor. <laughs> Is this a shock to anybody? Certainly not to me. 59%. 38% of respondents said they'd vote for Trump. Now keep in mind, this is moderates. She also narrowly led among people who said they're voting in the GOP primary for the very first time, 51%. Haley's biggest lead over the former president came from those who said the important issue, most important issue of the future, is democracy. Notice this drumbeat of this democracy garbage. And I say garbage because most of this is driven by fear. And the idea that your democracy is going to be taken away from you. So whenever I hear this, that's what's in the back of my mind. I don't think the people concerned about this are, you know, pushing this narrative are primarily concerned about democracy. They want to stop certain people. Mainly Donald Trump. And they would like to stop conservatives. Two very important groups 
Donald Trump and his supporters and conservatives. I make a distinction between the two because I do not believe they are one and the same. But we move on. Haley's biggest lead over the former president, people who say the most important issue is democracy. 63% of respondents favoring her. Trump dominated in other categories. Among those likely to vote in Saturday's Republican primary, 63% said they'd vote for Trump. 35% will be voting for Haley. It's pretty dismal. That is Nikki Haley's home state. Crucial to her long-shot presidential campaign. It appears unlikely she'll come out victorious. A poll last week also found Trump led Haley in the state with 65% of potential voters favoring him. So, there you go. I don't think this is much of a surprise to anybody. Let's go out to a call from John, who would like to talk about Mr. Magoo. Good morning, John. Vince, by golly, buddy, it's always a pleasure talking to you and listening to you. Pleasure's and, mine. Uh, I, I, I can't take up your challenge and defend the man, but I'm going to take up a challenge or lay down the gauntlet for somebody to defend him later on in, the, in your uh, program. He has been in government for 50 years. He doesn't have a single piece of legislation that he can call his own. He hasn't done a single darn thing in his tenure as a senator um, that has amounted to any good to our nation. He has amounted an immense amount of wealth. Mm-hmm. He talks about Donald Trump in Charlottesville until, until, he, until he, Mr. Magoo has to go do something. But the thing is, is he sat beside Bob Byrd all those 50 years, and if nobody in Charlotte knows who Robert Byrd is, he is a bona fide KKK, Brian Ku Klux wizard from West Virginia. He's passed away, but you know, good old Joe Biden shook his hand and took his appropriation dollars every chance he could and never once said a, a crossword about him. But all of a sudden, you know, the Charlottesville thing from four years ago, five years ago, but you know, we have his entire family, money is being traced, and we're well over $20 million. Three degrees of separation is what keeps him innocent, If and I'm using that word loosely, uh, while the rest of them have got their fingerprints all over it. Uh, my gas is more expensive. My food is more expensive. My car was more expensive. My insurance is more expensive. Um, every aspect of my life is miserable once that man became president. And and for somebody to come on the air and say, oh, well, he meant well, Ben. <laughs> or, well, he's, he, 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 he's good at heart. No, Joe Biden, there's not an ounce of goodness in that man. And, and I've listened to you morning after morning after morning, and you, are, you make your points so well and, and being so tactful about it, uh, well better than I am. But <laughs> I, I can't wait for this guy just to vanish off the face of the earth and somebody to try to get in to save our republic. That's just how miserable and dangerously close I feel we are with it. He has weaponized every element of government. He is, the, I think, the most corrupt. Um, people are distancing themselves from him. I mean, Democrats will fight tooth and nail to the end to defend their own. They're not so much doing this about Mr. Magoo. They're hoping he goes away. John, I've got to ask you quickly before you go. Did you hear the beginning of the broadcast and the clip from RFK Jr.? I did not. Oh, my goodness. Um, Um, I did not. Would you hold on, John? Um, Can we replay that clip? Uh, Let's play this now. I want you to hear this clip from RFK Jr. He was speaking at Hillsdale College. I want you to hear what he had to say, John. Listen up. And I'll leave you with three thoughts. One is that any power that government takes from the people, it will never return voluntarily. Number two rule, every power that government takes, it will ultimately abuse to the the maximum extent possible. And number three, nobody ever complied their way out of totalitarianism. 
the only thing we can do is resist. Thank you all very much. What do you think about those words, John? Those those words, Vince, are very much of his uncle's. Yep, isn't that amazing? So prolific, simply prolific, and he's absolutely correct. Um, Yeah, I I am. I missed your. I was with broadcasting to speak to you about COVID, the the big the big study. All right. Yes, we gave away our everything we do for science or for medical or (laughs) for the good of the greater kind. We sacrificed our freedoms, and we never Mm -hmm. get them back. Every every tax they implement on us, every dollar they take from us, we don't get it back. We mm-hmm. we are we are it is so we are so far down this rabbit hole that the dirt is falling in on top of us and we may never be able to find our way back out. Yeah, I agree it it with is, John. but RFK is he's getting a bad deal from his his party. I mean, he, he's now an independent, but those those are those words are so true. Yes, so they true. Certainly are, and and it ought to be a wake up call for every Democrat. Every yep. independent and, and every Republican. Every, I'm glad you included everybody in that, John. I have to go running long in this segment. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, coming up in just a few minutes, we will have Transformation Tuesday. You know, one of the things that, and I'll talk about this more coming up in just a few minutes, I think one of the things that's really healthy is raising questions. Those of you who actually know me and engage me on a regular basis, You know, one of the things I like to do is to ask questions. I meet new people. What do I do? I ask questions. I engage in a healthy debate with somebody. What do I do? I ask questions. You know, it's, it's part of, it's just an important process to just continue learning, for one, and relationally to get to know people. You ask questions. So what does this have to do with Transformation Tuesday? I'm going to tell you coming up in just a few minutes. And I, I've kind of touched on this before. But as odd as this sounds, and I'll just leave this here until we get to the segment, I think one of the most deadly things to a genuine faith and walk with God is certainty. <laughs> Boy, that'll get some things stirred up. We'll talk about this coming up in just a few minutes. You know, isn't it funny that there are things that that are just common sense. They don't require a conversation. They, they really don't require research. They don't require a debate. They're just self-evident. I mean, you, you can go back to our founding documents you know self-evident what does that mean i mean it's it's just something we don't even think about because we recognize the reality of something like this one men and women are different boy there's a novel thought men and women are different now we've talked about bodies and i have a story that's just going to blow your mind one of these stories about transgender madness is coming up. But this isn't just a physical thing. It's a mental thing. It's a brain thing. The Telegraph reports on this. Men and women's brains do work differently. Scientists have discovered this for the first time. <laughs> for the first time. I think it's interesting that we're just now researching this. The brains operate differently. Scientists have shown this for the first time in a breakthrough that shows sex does matter and how people think and behave. The issue of whether male and female brains are distinct is proven controversial. 
with some academics arguing it is society rather than biology that shapes divergence. Can I please encourage you, if you're on social media, find and post this story. Seriously, find and post this story and share it with people and spark some conversation. And especially younger people. I should have this conversation with my son on this program. Because we've talked about this, about how so many younger generation people, they've been brainwashed with the idea that sex, that gender, these are social constructs. There's never been any definitive proof of difference in activity in the brains of men and women, but Stanford University has shown it is possible to tell the sexes apart based on activity in hotspot areas. They include the default mode network, an area of the brain thought to be the neurological center for self, and it is important in introspection and retrieving personal memories. The limbic system is also implicated, which helps regulate emotion, memory, and deals with sexual stimulation and striatum, which is important in habit forming and rewards. Experts said the brain differences could influence how males and females view themselves, how they interact with other people, and how they recall past experiences. Dr. Vinod Menon professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Stanford said this is a very strong piece of evidence that sex is a robust determinant of human brain organization. <gasps> He's not saying this. Our findings suggest differences in brain activity patterns across these key brain regions contribute to sex specific variations in cognitive functioning. However, he added, further research is needed to fully understand the implications of the findings. I welcome this research. Do it. It's well known that male and female chromosomes release sex-specific hormones in the brain, particularly in early development, puberty, and during aging. There are also marked differences in how women and men perform in the real world. Women tend to be better at reading comprehension and writing ability on average, and, good, and they have good long-term memory. Conversely, men seem to have stronger visual and spatial awareness and better working memory. Yet scientists have struggled to spot these differences in neural activity, with brain structures looking the same in men and women. For the research, the term used explainable AI, a type of computer learning which can sift through vast amounts of data to explain why an effect is taking place. The model was shown MRI scans of working brains and told whether it was looking at a woman or a man. Over time, the neural network began to pick out subtle differences between the two sexes that had been missed by humans. When the researchers tested the model on about 1,500 brain scans, the model was able to tell if the scan came from a woman or a man more than 90% of the time. Wow. Dr. Gina Ripon, Emeritus Professor of Cognitive Neuroimaging at the Aston Brain Center and author of The Gendered Brain has argued society is to blame for brain differences in men and women. Commenting on the study, she said, the really intriguing issue is that these areas of the brain which are most reliably distinguishing the sexes are key parts of the social brain. Of course, she's going to she is dead set on defending this idea. This is all social stuff. The key issue is whether these differences are a product of sex-specific biological influences or of brain-changing gendered experiences, or both. Are we really looking at sex differences or gender differences? Gosh. Ah. Folks, you know what is happening in academia. They have already bought into the idea. Their default position is... You know what the default position is, that this is all a social construct. Coming up, we've got a crazy story for you. Injuries. Injuries. 
at a game to the point where one team had to forfeit all because of a transgender player. We're going to talk about this in the reaction as we continue. Hour number two and Transformation Tuesday. Straight ahead. Welcome to hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. Still to come, we're going to talk about this really horrendous story about girls injured competing with a biological male. This is just absolutely crazy. Also, interestingly enough, UK Daily Mail has an interesting story about what's going on behind the scenes with the sex change operations. I can't say it would surprise most of you at all. And we've got new information on the assassination of the Haitian president and investigations over on this, and it's mind-boggling. One of the people they've discovered is behind this conspiracy. Absolutely heartbreaking story. But first, Transformation Tuesday. I was just thinking about this during the break. About the subject of certainty. And I think over the last, what is it, almost, am I approaching 20 years now? Well, the journey that I've been on, um, so much of it has been unraveling what I would call misplaced certainty. Now, I do not hear what I'm not saying. I'm not telling you to dismiss foundations of the faith and to raise questions about those. But I am saying that there are things that we, I think one of our values in the Western world is really a type of certainty that I think militates against biblical faith. Here's why I say this. I love Steve Crosby's definition of, of faith. It's relational trust. Relational trust. Do you know how relational trust is developed? By engagement, by experience. You cannot develop, and in, in, again, don't hear what I'm not saying, you don't build relational trust simply by reading the Bible. You don't. If the book is an academic thing for you, you're not growing. Relational trust comes about when you were tested, when you were tried, when that word is tested and tried. That's where relational trust comes in. Because there are plenty of times as a person grows in a walk with God where things just do not make sense. Okay, God, I thought you believed in this. Why is this happening to me? I've done, quote, everything right. And things go sideways anyway. This is one of the reasons why I profoundly reject formulaic teaching. If we do this, God will do that. Most of that is garbage. And it doesn't build relational trust. What that does is it turns God, at least in our minds, into a genie. That if we do this, God is going to have to respond. And, and let me just give you one of the ways that I think people do this, and it's purely manipulative, is the many iterations of the so-called tithing teaching. That if we just give to God... He's going to give back, and he's going to multiply and give us more and more pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's crap. And I've seen many heartbreaking shipwrecks, shipwrecks of faith over things like this because people thought God promised them this or that. God didn't promise a darn thing in that area. And there are very faithful people who will end up being poor the rest of their lives 
And I know that blows circuits for some people. Why would God want somebody to be poor? It's I'm not here to determine what God is going to do for everybody else, anybody else. That's one of the big lessons I've learned. Stay in your own lane and mind your own business. Anyway, let me get to this post from my good friend Lauren Rosser. Because I, I think it's absolutely on the money and so needed for us to understand. Because it's very easy for us to miss this. Kevin and I posted this on social media. This is a repost from Lauren. In the Gospels, Jesus is asked 187 questions. I'm going to put Tommy on the spot here. Tommy, how many of these 187 times Jesus is asked questions, how many times do you think he answered the question? Uh, I'm going to say either all of them or none of them, because I don't know the answer. You're, you're closer. You've, you've really given a good answer, Tommy. He answers maybe eight of them. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he would, it would be horrible for him in a court of law. Answer the question, Jesus. Answer the question. <laughs> and then on top of this, not only does he only answer eight of them, he himself asks 307 questions. And Kevin Nye finishes his post by saying this, maybe faith isn't about certainty, but learning to ask and sit in the complexity of good questions. I think that's really good. And Lauren kind of sums this up, and I so appreciate what he said here. The opposite of faith is not doubt. It's certainty. This is why following our Heavenly Father begins and continues in, what is that word he uses? Trust. The Matrix was really onto something when Morpheus stated, it's the question that drives us. The question that drives us. See, and I think this is where so many lives, you know, I mentioned shipwreck earlier, but I think there's something else that is almost as bad. It's the neutralizing effect of just pure boredom. Boredom. And how does that come about? Just by having a very predictable, comfortable, Western, neutralized Christianity. There's no trust. There's no doing anything daring or outside of your comfort zone because everything is just very neat and packaged and predictable. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey, I want to encourage you to join Breaking Brett Jensen at the first WBT Cigar Club meetup of 2024. It's coming up. Thursday, February 29th, that's a week from Thursday, 6 to 9 p.m., at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Watch Brett host Breaking with Brett Jensen live. Browse premium cigar brands, including Cohiba, and enjoy giveaways and specials courtesy of the Vintage. It's the WBT Cigar Club. Thursday, February 29th, at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Seating is limited, so lock in your reservation today. Email cigar at wbt.com for reservations. So, I mentioned this subject of the difference between men and women's brains. And one of the very obvious things that we've all known all of our lives is the biological difference between boys and girls, men and women. It's just basic stuff. So the idea, I mean, and I, don't, I want you to think about this, 10 years, 20 years ago, the idea of putting men and women, boys and girls, on the same field of contact sport. Now, let me put a little disclaimer on this. I remember my young kids many years ago at Northside Baptist Church playing soccer, 
And I think for a season, the boys and girls played together when they were really, really young. It's not that big of a deal when they're super young. By the time they are a little bit older, it's a bad idea. A really bad idea. I want you to get a load of this story. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. A girls' basketball game between two Massachusetts schools. This happened earlier this month. This really made waves because one team forfeited against their opponent, which had a biological male who identifies as a female on the court. The Collegiate Charter School of Lowell forfeited against Kip Academy, which resides in Lynn, Massachusetts, at halftime. Kip was leading the game 31-14, but the game goes into the record as a 10-0 win. A video circulated online showed one player for the collegiate charter wrestling for a rebound with a biological male athlete from Kip Academy. Some have expressed concern after the girl for collegiate charter was injured on the play after hitting the court, grabbing her back in pain. A source told Fox News Digital the biological male who identifies as female is more than six feet tall and has facial hair. <laughs> this is insane. Kip Academy did not immediately answer a request for clarification regarding the athlete's gender identity. Prior to this injury, two others. Two others. Injured by a collegiate charter team that was only carrying an eight-player bench due to injuries in previous games. It's unknown if these injuries occurred during plays involving the biological male athlete. Collegiate Charter spokesperson Casey Crane released a statement which indicated the school's approval of Coach Kevin Orton's decision to forfeit at halftime, especially considering the team's playoff game was close. On February 8th, the coach of the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell girls basketball team decided to end the game at halftime after watching a third player injured in the game with Kip Academy. The bench was already depleted going into the game with the 12-player roster having four players unable to play. The coach saw three more go down in the first half, leaving him with five players. He made the call to end the game early. The upcoming charter school playoffs were looming, and he needed a healthy and robust bench in four days. The Collegiate Charter School of Lowell forfeited the game against Kip Academy. The statement also alluded to the remaining healthy girls expressing concern to their coach about continuing to play. Once the third was injured, the remaining five expressed concern to him about continuing to play. The players feared getting injured and not being able to compete in the playoffs. In an effort to maintain safety for the team, he decided to forfeit. The charter school supports this decision, reiterates its values of both inclusivity and safety for all students. Can I just tell you, this statement is BS. This kind of inclusivity and safety are not compatible. And anybody who thinks they can make these things compatible is a complete moron. We take the standards set by the MIAA and our Board of Trustees seriously and strive to uphold them on and off the court. We also follow the guidance from the MIAA and state laws regarding equity and access for all student athletes. Oh my gosh. This is so ridiculous. By the way, the, NASA, the Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association, in the handbook, it states, a student shall not be excluded from participation on a gender-specific sports team that is consistent with the student's bona fide gender identity. Notice the key word there, identity. However, the handbook also states the rule cannot be enacted if the roster move has the purpose of gaining a competitive advantage. I, I just, this is nauseating. Absolutely nauseating. And I'm serious. I really think, I hope, I hope one of these parents sues. Sues the crap out of this school. Everybody involved who promoted this nonsense. Riley Gaines, someone who knows this nonsense firsthand, 
trans-identified male player for Kip Academy injured three girls before halftime, causing Lowell Collegiate Charter School to forfeit. A man hitting a woman used to be called domestic abuse. Now it's called brave. Who watches this and actually thinks this is compassionate, kind, and inclusive? Absolutely stupid people. I mean, I really don't, there's really no kind way to put it. You, you really have to have your brain in neutral to approve this. What's it going to take? What is it genuinely going to take for people to realize the danger of this? What is it going to take? And the sad thing about it is the people in power who are promoting this, they're the ones who are basically, they are protected from the consequences. This is why the only thing that helps is lawsuits. You know, what brought about the change of direction, for instance, in the United Kingdom on this so-called issue of gender-affirming care, which are called gender-rejecting care? Well, what made the difference? Lawsuits. When people realize the false promise of changing one's biological makeup to match what people believe to be their gender identity. When these things have gone wrong and people have sued, they realized, you know, this just isn't paying off. And sadly, it's the only thing that makes the difference. Money talks. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, I think I've told you a number of times how much I appreciate the wonderful work of the UK Daily Mail. They do a great job exposing stories and spending time on stories the mainstream news media just does not do. Case in point, top Canadian surgeon reveals the truth about sex change ops. Unearthed video lifts the lid on ill-trained doctors, dying appendages, and dreaded complications. E. We're talking about Dr. Alex Langani. He says the lucrative trans medical industry has grown too quickly. And the surgeons don't get enough training in the rush to provide top and bottom operations. You know, if people really understood what these things are and what they actually do in these procedures, I don't think people would be as accepting and celebratory about this. Dr. Langani, by the way, is a clinician at Canada's Metropolitan Center of Surgery. And he made some damaging revelations about the pretty bad effects of sex change operations while addressing colleagues. The event sponsored by the World Professional Association for Transgender Health was recorded. The footage made public via records request by the Daily Caller News Foundation. <sighs> this stuff, it, it sends chills down my spine, folks. As you know, advocates of trans medicine say it's a life-saving measure among a suicide-prone group. Procedures to remove breasts, alter genitals, helps trans people live authentically. But critics warn of a cult-like fad with ever more trans people coming out and getting risky procedures. While WPATH and other medical groups are hijacked by ideologues who push reckless standards of care. In the video, Dr. Langani says even more clinics are catering to a rising number of trans patients. Where there can be a lack of training and not proper training. 
The expansion gave trans patients access to surgery, but at the cost of quality care, it's time just to make sure that we have the right training. Now, this person's calling for more fellowships. Some medics perform trans operations so infrequently they were not proficient. I don't know about you, but if I were to ever have somebody do any procedure anywhere near that area, I would certainly hope that person knows what they're doing. It's this line. Are you ready for this? Creating a neo-vagina is fraught with post-op complications. They could botch procedures and leave patients with complications. Dr. Langani said the results of delicate male-to-female genital surgeries known as vaginoplasties can be pretty bad. The most dreaded complication is to perform, is to actually perforate the rectum while you're dissecting the vaginal cavity. You heard enough? He said you're very close to the rectum and it's very hard. Rebuilding the area involves using flesh from the abdomen, scrotum, or colon. Using tissue from the intestines has the highest risk of complications. Patients have problems after surgery. Surgical wounds reopen in fully three quarters of cases. Three quarters. The wounds open back up. And here's, here's a question I want to ask you. Every same person within the sound of my voice, this next line, it has me asking a question as to who in the right mind would go through with this in the first place. Afterward, many patients cannot achieve an orgasm. Many have to dilate their newly created vaginal canals with a vibrator-like device to stop it from collapsing. It is what the patients call a full-time job for the first few months because it's four times a day. A slide from his presentation describes other post-op horrors, including rectovaginal fistula, pelvic floor dysfunction, clitoris necrosis, where the sex organ goes limp and dies. Oh my gosh. Dr. Langani's presentation, part of an educational series recorded September 2022 for clinicians seeking certification, a top global authority on gender-affirming care as, as it is known. This organization, by the way, is increasingly coming to fire for promoting trans procedures. Critics say are experimental, dangerous, and carried on in patients who just need counseling. Imagine that. Surgically altering male and female genitals to match those of the opposite sex. Widely understood to be tough and problematic procedures. Women who transition become men may opt to have a penis constructed from tissue extracted from their arms, although this procedure is also complex. The result is still markedly different to a bio biological penis. I, I don't need to share any more of this story with you. It's about lunchtime. The bottom line is... There's just so much crap being fed to people in this generation. And the impression is given, oh, it's just wonderful. It's wonderful, it's easy. And the reality is quite different. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Before we continue, I mentioned something earlier in the broadcast. I knew this was going to stir something up. I made some reference to tithing. And our regular listener, Chris, writes in, Vince, please explain Malachi 3.8, because I had an old preacher who preached this every Sunday before service. Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started, Chris. By the way, Malachi 3.8 says this. Let me read the ESV. Will man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. <gasps> if you read the chapter, I and I just encourage you to read the whole chapter of Malachi. And you will find that the directive was for the people to bring their tithes and their offerings to the storehouse. In fact, you'll see that reference to a storehouse. Now, I ask you a question. Where, if I can be rather blunt here, where is the freaking storehouse? Where is it? Did you read the entire chapter? First, it needs to be understood, this is an old covenant teaching. Tithing is an old covenant. It's not reaffirmed at all in the new covenant. It's the, it is one of the pillars on which this entire religious system is built upon here, especially in the Western world. Well, really everywhere. And we've talked about this ad nauseum. The sad thing is most of this money is ultimately spent where? On ourselves. That's where it's spent. On maintaining systems. Now, don't call me, text me, email me. Our church does this, does this or that with a tithe. It, it's really, it's really immaterial. It's an old covenant teaching. But it's, <laughs> see, and I think it's interesting that Chris writes in, well, and he may have been using a little hyperbole and saying the pastor mentioned this every Sunday. Uh, it may not be because I've certainly been in places. They make sure they mention this every single solitary Sunday. Why? Because that's what this system survives on. On this old covenant teaching. And at the base of all of this, I, I hate to say it, and this is not everybody, not, I'm not saying all pastors are greedy, but it's greed. And you can see the most egregious abusers of this with their huge so-called mega churches. And just ask yourself, ask them, can I see your financial disclosure? If you're even a quote member, if there can be such a thing. What sort of input as a member do I have? What sort of information could I even obtain? I think one of the most important things, and I'll end with this before going any further with this discussion. One of the things I've learned, especially the last 20 years, the genuine church of the Lord's is a family. It's not a business. It's not an organization. It's a family. And when you approach things as a family, it's a very, very different animal than what we have been doing for a long, long time. So I appreciate your question, Chris. I want to get to this story about what's happened in Haiti. This one just, to me, it was a shocker. It was a shocker, but, uh, hey, human nature, you just don't know what people do. A judge in Haiti responsible for investigating the 2021 assassination of President Jovenel Moise has indicted several people. His ex-Prime Minister Claude Joseph, the former chief of Haiti's National Police, Leon Charles, among others. You know what these indictments include? His widow. 
Martine Moisey. And sadly, the indictment's expected to further destabilize Haiti. It's struggling with a surge in gang violence, a spate of violent protests demanding the resignation of the current Prime Minister, Ariel Henry. Dozens of suspects indicted in this 122-page report issued by Walter Wesser Voltaire, who is the fifth judge to lead the investigation after previous ones stepped down for various reasons, including the fear of being killed. Well, imagine that. Charles, who was police chief when Moisey was killed, now serves as Haiti's permanent representative to the Organization of the American States, faces the most serious charges, murder, attempted murder, possession and illegal carrying of weapons, conspiracy against the internal security of the state, and criminal association. Meanwhile, Joseph and Martin Moisey, injured in the attack, are accused of complicity in criminal association. This is crazy, isn't it? The guy's own wife, his widow, co-conspirator in this horrible crime. I think I've mentioned to you I've been to Haiti three times, the first time three weeks after the devastating earthquake. And it's heartbreaking to see continuation of the corruption there. It's a devastatingly poor country in the first place. And they just can't get a break. Can I get a break? And, and I'll be honest with you. I talked to a friend of mine who is a pastor who grew up there. And, and I have to tell you now, I, there's no way I could ever go there under the conditions that currently exist. It is absolutely chaotic and dangerous. But I pray for that country for its recovery that somehow they can find their way. Um, this is going to be, uh, unfortunately, further fuel for unrest in a country that needs, um, really needs peace. Well, that is all the time we have. I hate to end on such a uh, sad note, but it's good at least to get some answers because that's the beginning of the process of healing. you got to... Got to get to the truth. Got to get to the truth. That's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us today. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. Adios.